Our scripture reading for this morning is taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the sixth chapter of Matthew, beginning with verse 27. And it's important to remember that the audience here, the primary audience for Jesus' words, uh, were those who had faith in him, were believers. He writes, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen us in our faith through them. Amen. May be seated. I want to start today by reading to you from a medical website called WebMD. This is what it says. Worrying can affect the body in ways that may surprise you. When worrying becomes excessive, it can lead to feelings of high anxiety and even cause you to be physically ill. It interferes with appetite, causes lack of sleep, and can even cause a heart condition. It often contributes to overeating, smoking, overuse of alcohol, or drugs. So when your mom used to say to you, you're going to worry yourself to death, she was right. Okay? You can actually worry yourself to death, maybe a, a shorter life through worry. Worry is actually a, a spiritual condition, and that's why Jesus addresses it here in his Sermon on the Mount. It really centers on how do I relate to God? How do I relate to God and my present life or my future? And the existence of worry in us shows three, or actually four important things. First of all, that we live in a very fallen world where the effects of the fall into sin have just devastated humanity. Secondly, that we are unable to con control the future, that we have no ability to shape uh, things for the future. And thirdly, that we have a tendency to falsely assume that we have to somehow handle things on our own. And finally, the opposite end of the spectrum from faith is worry. And that's why Jesus is really putting those two out in front of us today. If you look at the first and last verse of our text, he refers to those of little faith, still have faith, but little faith, and asking, why do they worry? So worry, if you think about it, really comes down to this, that, that you and I are tempted to take how we think about something and how we would process something and how we would try to imagine and envision something needs to go to happen, and we place that above God's promises to take care of us, the great promises that he has given us in his word. And really, worry is essentially the same sin as our first parents who wanted to be like God. They wanted to put what they thought above what God had said in his word. And really, if you really think, it, think about it and break it down, when you worry about stuff in life, that's what's happening. We're taking how our mind would process this and put it above the promises of a gracious God who says, I'll take care of all things. Now we must distinguish a fine line 
of course, between worrying and proper planning and using our intellect and reason in order to figure out how we'd like to get something done in our lives. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not sinful at all. Jesus has other things to say and talks about how if you're going to plan to do something, you have to make sure you count the cost that it's going to take and so on. So we must make that distinction, but I think all of us recognize in ourselves, I know I do, the distinction between proper planning and maybe even being a little concerned about something to make sure it's done right and worrying. Worrying is when we begin to take it back on ourselves and we begin to forget about God's hand in all of this. And we start to think that somehow it all belongs back in our laps. Now, there, there are a lot of reasons for us to worry in life. There's a lot of issues in life. Economics, can I have a job when I get done with college? Am I going to find that right person in my life? Am, uh, am I going to have health problems with all the issues going on in our culture today? Terrorism, the threats of war, what's going to happen to the political landscape? There's a lot of things in our lives that, that can cause us to worry. And that's not unusual for your generation, for where we're living now in time. In fact, it's kind of helpful sometimes to go back and study history and maybe watch a few documentaries about things from years ago to realize that actually we're doing quite well compared to some previous generations. Sometimes we can get so myopically focused on just how all the stuff we have in our lives right now, we forget that many others before us, grandparents, great-grandparents, have gone through some amazing things with God's help. But there's a sinful compass I know inside of me that whenever there's a potential possible problem, my mind gravitates and starts to point toward the worst possible scenario. And that's where I like to stay. That's where my mind wants to stay. And imagine that, that maybe this is the way things are going to turn out for me. So what Jesus is saying to us is this, that worrying is not only sinful, it's not only potentially spiritually harmful for us, because it kills faith. But on top of that, it doesn't help. It doesn't benefit us at all. It's not productive. Look what he says. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? WebMD agrees with Jesus. Okay, can actually deteriorate and harm our health. Now think about your own life right now. Probably a few years back, if not only maybe a year ago or so, there's been something in your life that you worried about something in your life that you worried about. And yet think how often it has happened, maybe even every time, where God has found a way to work it out in your life even better than you had thought. And sometimes even to turn things that we thought were going to be horrible into blessings for us. Now, he doesn't promise he'll do that every time, but he does promise us an eternal answer to all of our problems. When I was in seminary, I had a a Bible that I like to have right in front of me uh, while we were going through things in class. And every once in a while, a professor would refer to a passage and I would write it down. And I like this Bible because it had thick paper and you could write on it real fast. And, and every time I go across this word in that Bible or this, this text in that Bible, I see a statement that one of my professors said. And this is the way he put it. When the child needs shoes, it's not his concern, but his father's. And I always remember that whenever I hear this text read. The more comfortable that I am in my life, sometimes the more I can forget about God. And sometimes it's good for us to face troubles in our lives 
because it maybe causes us to think a little bit more that this earth really is not where we finally belong, that there's something greater. And it also may cause us to put more of our, our things of life into God's lap rather than taking them into our own. Now the very Lord who gave you these words, he himself has come to take away and to remove the greatest thing that would cause you anxiety and fear. And that is your death and being separated from God eternally. He has come to remove that greatest, most horrible, vicious fear in your life and take that away by his own death and resurrection. And he comes to you and points you to his empty grave and he says, because I live, you shall live also. And he takes you out into the field full of flowers and he says, just look at flowers. They're so much more beautifully decorated than even some of the greatest kings that have ever lived. That's how God takes care of things. Look at the birds of the air. They don't have to worry about things. God will find a way to take care of us. And so your gracious God invites you to live a worry-free life. I'd like to close with this. Imagine that your life was turned into a Netflix movie. Whoa. Imagine that, imagine that, however many years you are old right now, 20 or whatever, imagine that there was an episode for each year of your life. I know, boring. But let's imagine that that was the case. And those episodes that are behind you that you could watch till now, those are things you really can't necessarily go back and change. Some of it good, some of it maybe not so good. The stuff that might intimidate you are the potential episodes coming ahead that you don't know about. That's the stuff that causes us fear and anxiety and worry. But your gracious God has come along and put the final episode into that showcase for your life. And that is eternal life in heaven, won for you perfectly by the death and resurrection of his son. And he just gives that to you. He just puts it into your life future. And he says, that's where you're going, the eternal bliss of heaven. And then he says to you, if that's what I've done for you with the final installment of your life, and that goes on forever, don't you think you can trust me with all these things that are causing you to worry in the days ahead in your life? This is how St. Paul said it to the Romans. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, shall he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Not a single person in history who has put their trust and confidence in the promises of God has ever been let down. Amen.